What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Excellus Blue Cross Blue Shields Community Check-In. Each week, we cover a specific topic featuring Excellus Blue Cross Blue Shield experts. You'll get to know our team as we discuss the latest in healthcare, health education, and community health. Find us at ExcellusBCBS.com and follow on Instagram and Facebook. I'm Joe Lamonaco and welcome to The Check-In. Today, we are talking with Pat Salzer. She is joining us again, a registered dietitian and Excellus Blue Cross Blue Shield well-being engagement consultant. And she's going to talk with us about the concept of mindful eating, what it is, and how we can incorporate this practice into our daily lives and by doing it, improve our health and well-being. Pat, welcome back to The Check-In. It's good to have you again. Thank you. It's good to be back. Uh, just to let people know and remind you, uh, for over 17 years, Pat's been working as a well-being engagement consultant at Excellus Blue Cross Blue Shield. In her role with Excellus, uh, she assists organizations in designing, executing, and evaluating targeted workplace wellness strategies that can impact employee health and engagement. As a registered dietitian, Pat also lends her expertise in nutrition and well-being as a contributor on various health-related content platforms in print, online, and on television. And today we are going to be talking about something which, even if you don't think it applies to you or could apply to you, I'm going to make a, a, a wager that it can. So we're going to start with the basics. We're talking about mindful eating. Pat, we need to define our terms. Please, if you would, explain to us what we mean when we say mindful eating. Mindful eating is really where we give our food our full attention. It's really a good way to practice life as well, to do so mindfully, with intention, with awareness. And then with that, when we eat mindfully, we enjoy that food so much more. And we often need less of it to feel satisfied. If we're eating mindlessly, it's almost as if we're feeding somebody else. Just like if we were cold and somebody else put the coat on, we're not satisfied. We're still cold. This is where we give our food, our full attention, and avoid the eating amnesia that many of us tend to have, that we don't even remember eating. I like that term, eating amnesia. As I was thinking about what I do in my daily life, and maybe what a lot of people do, we multitask when we eat, whether that's sitting at a table but you're scrolling through your social media feed, you're sitting in front of a television screen, and perhaps for many people, they're driving in a car, getting somewhere, yes. taking the kids somewhere. I think when it comes to eating, Pat, would you agree that we allow ourselves to just make it a secondary thing to some other ta task we might be doing on many occasions? It is so true, you're so right on with that. If we can make eating a singular activity, this way it's a lot easier to give our full attention to that food. But you're right, we're so distracted when we're eating often because we're in the car. And I see that as I'm driving around, I see people eating as they're driving. Or people are often eating as they're watching TV, eating as they're working, 
eating as they're on the computer, eating as they're reading. So, right, that really takes away the pleasure of the food that we still really need. We need that pleasure. And I think that's really what it comes down to is that you have to engage multiple senses when it comes to being able to mindfully appreciate and enjoy what we're eating you know it's like okay i'm going to sit here i have a bowl of popcorn or something next to me and i'm just going to shovel it into my face i don't feel it maybe i don't get the sensation of the whole thing i think maybe really pat is it about just sort of slowing down and not just eating slowing down life when we have a meal Right. We're often in such a hurry and we go from one thing to the next. So a great way to slow down is to start with this mindful eating practice. I'll give you an example that's really the best way to define what mindful eating is. For many people, they start their day with coffee. It's easy to have that coffee as you're not still quite awake and you're not even paying attention to the coffee necessarily because you're thinking about your day ahead. Instead, I challenge people to Think about where that coffee bean came from. You pick out your nice mug that you're going to use that morning for your coffee and think about where this mug came from and what this mug means to you. And then as you're brewing that coffee, you take in the sense of smell, the aroma of that coffee in the room. And then you pour the coffee in your mug and that nice warm sensation in your hand and the aroma of it and the the visual, how that coffee looks. And then you take a sip and you've got the, the taste, that nice bitterness of coffee that many of us find very appealing and that warmth and the flavor of it. So this is more of this mindful moment that you're having as you're truly enjoying that cup of coffee. What a great way to start your day with mindful eating right there. You know what? It almost, Pat, sounds like we're talking in a way about a meditation, maybe. Maybe it could be considered that. If you start to think about the steps that are involved in, as, as you mentioned, coffee is an example. Maybe we don't necessarily think about it, but if we step back a bit and maybe use that as a morning meditation, maybe many people like to do that to center themselves, calm themselves, and then get ready to take on the day. And it's not like doing it has to take a large amount of time, right? You don't have to dedicate a lot of time to this. Right. Even if you give yourself two minutes and the power of the pause. And to me, really, that's what meditation and mindfulness is about, is taking that breath, slowing down, not rushing to the next activity. So truly enjoying everything that you're doing in life. You're living intentionally. And and living intentionally. And part of it is about fueling our bodies and knowing what's going into our mouths and being conscious and mindful of that. But, Pat, many people might push back on you and saying, like, you know what? I, I don't know if I can do this. this. This sounds like a Herculean task you're asking me to do. Let's peel the onion just a little bit and start with an inroad, uh, you know, a little bit about ways of because we have to change our thinking when it comes to mindful eating. So let's talk a little bit about that. How can you walk us through some steps about being mindful, maybe some small steps we can take before we start taking bigger ones about? I'm going to do that meditation on coffee just as an example. But but give us give us the give us the way in. All right, so it's really changing our mindset to be mindful because it's a habit that we have our routine to eat mindlessly. So to make that shift, even if you start with one small item. So I'll do something right now if this works for anybody on the call. Okay. If you could grab whatever you have right near you, it could be a chocolate chip, it could be a potato chip, it could be your beverage. 
It could be a strawberry or a chocolate covered strawberry. It doesn't matter what it is, but I want you to take that and look at it. And then close your eyes and then think about how that item feels. Think about the aroma as you bring it closer to your nose and take a breath. There we go again with the breath. Take in those different senses and then open up your eyes and take a sip. And then feel the sensation in your mouth, the taste, the warmth, the coolness of it, whatever it might be. That is mindful eating right there. You started it. And it didn't take very long. It's an easy thing to do. It, it really is. But you do need to put your breaks on the brain sometimes. I think really that's what it comes down to because so much of what, let's say I do as an example, I keep tea next to me pretty much all day. I talk a lot, so it's a good thing for me to have that. And and I don't even think. I do the no-look reach. I just go. I get it. I sip. I'm still watching maybe what I'm doing on my screen or thinking about that project I'm on. I set it back down. I continue to go. And then 30 minutes later, I look and it's gone and I don't really recall having even consumed it. And that's maybe where we can. I mean, it's getting ahead of ourselves, but that may be where we start getting into to uh, the danger zone about not realizing how much we've consumed, how quickly, because we have no recollection of it. Right, because when we're eating mindlessly, it's so easy to keep eating until we're like Thanksgiving full. Yeah, it feels uncomfortable. Right. And you probably didn't enjoy it if you were not mindful about it. Also, an example I like to share is often people are watching TV. They might have the remote in one hand and the bowl of popcorn in the other. So easy to eat that mindlessly. Before you know it, your hand touches the bottom of that bowl and it's empty. But if you were really into this show, you might not have even been aware of the eating that you've done, or you eat this meal, it's gone, you feel uncomfortable, you don't even remember what it tastes like. And so it's pausing, it's really being aware of your current behaviors about eating as you're distracted, whether you're doing something or you're thinking about something else. And you miss out, you miss out on a lot. I'm just going to say that right there. You miss out on a lot of the joys of life and savoring a meal, savoring something that you're eating, enjoying it, being mindful of it is part of enjoying life. Pat Salzer is our guest on the check-in this week. She's a registered dietitian and the well-being engagement consultant with Excellus Blue Cross Blue Shield. It goes right into what we want to talk about next, and that's the, the idea of hunger. I think many people get confused about what signals their body sends when they think they're hungry they might not be. It might be something else. So how do we know when our body is actually telling us we need food for fuel or we're eating for some other reason? And that's, I mean, this is a big topic here. So let's try to get into it and keep it as simple as we can. It comes down to, am I hungry or am I bored or stressed or is there something else? It really comes down to physical hunger. That's when the hunger comes on gradually. It's where you feel some hunger pains, maybe there's a little bit of stomach growling, and then it increases over time as you get hungrier. At that point, when you're physically hungry, anything that you eat will satisfy you because you're trying to satisfy really more of what your body needs. Compared to emotional hunger, whatever you eat, you probably still won't be satisfied because you're trying to feed some other emotion. With emotional hunger, it comes on quickly. 
You could go for the pizza and then the ice cream and then the chocolate, and you're probably still not satisfied. You're still emotionally hungry for something else. So to take that pause, check in with yourself, observe, and be aware of what type of hunger is this and how you feed that will greatly vary based on physical hunger and emotional hunger. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Sometimes it does feel like there's you can eat and eat and eat, and it's not going to satisfy what's really going on. And I think many of us, you know, that word hunger, we equate it with far too many things. And it can just kind of wash over a whole a whole bunch of different issues, which you may need to stop pull back and and really examine why do I do what I do? Why do I reach for A instead of doing B when it comes to to certain types? And and we can really lose track. I think it I think you might notice uh, with with the the people that you work with is that the whole losing track of time thing where food is concerned uh because we're we're trying to fill some void and it doesn't get full and you can lose a lot of time just sort of mindlessly doing things. It takes about five minutes or probably 30 seconds or so to eat a big bowl of ice cream. Sure. So if you were bored, okay, you just filled up 30 seconds of time, but you know what? You're still bored. So there's a few things with time is, right, that does not take much time to do, but it still has not satisfied you. Also, we tend to eat according to the clock and that according to our internal clock. Some people will say, it's noon, it's time for me to eat. Maybe they're not hungry. Maybe their body is not ready to eat. Or maybe other days at 1130, they're ready to eat, even though it's not noon. So it's really checking in again with your own body and being aware of that and observing that to see why am I eating because is is it the clock or am I truly hungry and what are we reaching for that goes into the whole notion of comfort foods that whole category of things that we look at as salves for ourselves what are we going to use to pacify ourselves and there's this whole thing and and for some people it is the ice cream the chocolate the potato chips for other people they could reach for different types of food that have different types of effects on their body but by and large it's that whole experience and how we can Connect an emotional response with the the eating of food. And that's where things can kind of get awful cloudy and muddy. Is, is that been your experience? Yes, definitely. When I think about comfort foods, many people either go for the sweet or the salt or the greasy, or sometimes all three of those in one thing. If you're doing, let's say, chocolate covered potato chips, sure. you've got that all happening. And there's a place and a time for some of that comfort food. If you're not feeling well and to have this nice macaroni and cheese or rice pudding or some chicken soup, that can make you feel better. But you're aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Other times, though, if you're going for this this emotional hunger, and if you can take a step back and look at other things you could do, and I call this have a menu of comfort, have some type of joy list. For everybody, it'll be a little bit different, but it might be going for a walk, getting some fresh air, cleaning out a drawer or closet, maybe not one in the kitchen at this point, maybe somewhere else in the house, right. but spend some time getting distracted doing that. And probably if you wait, a, if you do that for a few minutes, you might even forget that there was that emotional hunger that was haunting you. It could be read a book. It could be go back to game night with the family, listen to music, light a candle, breathe, 
take some time just to be, whether you journal or write a letter or have this attitude of gratitude and you spend some time thinking about what you're grateful for. Those are really good things to fall back on when we're not truly hungry, but we're trying to fuel something else. And you can be surprised because I know I do this and I do many of those things is try to find something to occupy my hands, my body and my mind. I find I can lose even more time by doing that than I would by, oh, I'm just the bottom of the popcorn bowl and I don't realize how I got there. So let's continue down that road, shall we? I mean, other things that we can be doing to help us getting back to eating and do it more mindfully, how we can be helping our emotional health and our physical health at the same time. It's very interesting, some of the research that has been done at Cornell by Brian Wansink, and his studies show that we are 30% more likely to eat whatever's right in front of us. If you have the candy dish or the cookie jar right there, that's probably what you're going for, compared to, let's say, that fruit bowl, if you had that on the counter instead. You open up your refrigerator, if you see the cannolis, let's say, right there, or some cake or something like that, that's probably what you'll go for. If you could shift, though, and put those fresh cut-up vegetables in the beginning of the refrigerator, that's what you see first, that's more likely to be what you'll choose. If you can do anything to set up your environment to have that healthy choice be the easy choice to make. Because, yes, we want to be mindful, but with that, we also need to have this environment that supports us. Another example is in your car, if you can always have some sneakers, because you never know when there might be a few minutes of time that you have and that you can do a little bit of walking in that parking lot or around the block or whatever it might be. So have that environment be healthier for your physical activity and for your nutrition. And also, I think it's getting more maybe clued in with our body and our body is going to tell us that it needs certain things or it wants certain things. We just have to be able to have our ears open in a way to be able to hear those signals and understand what our body's saying. Maybe our body's saying, I would like some movement, please. I would like some exercise. I would not like you to reach for something. I want you to get up and move me around uh, and and have and that and just you know, setting yourself up for success. Bottom line, having those tools ready so you can reach for them in a second instead of reaching for something to put in your mouth, because that can be something the default setting that we just go back to. It's, it comes back to that planning, the preparation, all those things. So then when it is time for you to eat, you've got something already prepared right there. So you've got that salad put together or whatever it might be, or some fresh cut up fruits and vegetables as a snack in between your meals. That's what you see. That's what's right there. That's what's available. Then you're more likely to eat that. Pat Salzer is a registered dietitian and well-being engagement consultant with Excellus Blue Cross Blue Shield, and she is our guest here on the check-in, and we are talking about mindful eating, practices that you can be putting into place, and they don't need to be all that involved or uh, take up a lot of time or have to do a lot of prep. I mean, it does, Pat, sound like big changes. It sounds like those of us who are maybe used to uh, grab-and-go, uh, just grabbing something or hitting the grocery store on the way to work or the fast food drive through How in, in I want to make sure that we hit this again because this can be important. How can we start to really work these changes into our everyday lives so that, number one, they start to become habits, and it does take time for that, but also so that they seem attainable? And it's not this grand goal that we may fail in getting to. One of the 
one of the best places to start is to see how long it takes for you to eat your meal. Because ideally, we're thinking what we need is 20 minutes, ideally, to consume a meal. If we eat a meal in 10 minutes, we're not satisfied. And then we can eat another meal in the next 10 minutes, and then we're stuffed. Mm -hmm. This is where you want to really slow down that process of eating and ideally have 20 minutes to enjoy your meal. That doesn't mean having two meals within those 20 minutes, but really of that meal that you're going to have to really spread that out. And what happens is if you, let's say, put your fork down in between bites or you put that food down in between bites, that helps you slow that down. If you eat with your non-dominant hand, that helps slow down that process. I would suspect it was. I'm I'm not a, I'm horrible with my left hand. I would really have to concentrate on that. And maybe that's uh, an unintended consequence there, the concentration that would come from doing something like that. You really have to think about balancing food on the fork if you're a non-dominant left, you know, left-hander to be able to get it to your mouth. Uh, that could be a, a, a big deal. The other part that my wife and I try to do is we try to make sure that we have all of our meals in the room where meals happen. In for us, it's a kitchen, and that's where we uh, where we have our meals. And we turn our phones over and we look at each other and try to have a conversation. And just by doing that, it slows us down so that we can take that 20 minutes or so to finish a meal so that you feel satisfied. And then, of course, we have a little dog and she's going to be, OK, you're done eating. It's time for us to go walk. So please, can we can we move on with that? So there are some built ins. Some things, you know, you might have some things you could add in that don't take much that can enable you to get there in not a lot of time. You brought up some good points. We tend to associate food with really every room in the house. You're limiting where you eat to that one room. And also, you don't have the distractions of electronics and other things happening. Music is fine, but I'd say turn the TV off. Don't be on the computer. Put the phone away. And then you've got your motivation of the dog telling you, okay, now it's time to go outside and walk. (laughs) You've got a supportive environment and supportive people around you. In our last few minutes of the check-in this week, I just wanted to circle back to we talked about emotional hunger earlier on in the program, and that can often be a derailer when it comes to how do we differentiate between when we're actually hungry and we need to fuel our bodies and when something else is at play. To just circle back to that and leave us with some really good tips that we can do to prevent that emotional hunger from derailing us from really trying to be as mindful as possible while we eat, because it's something we need to do every day. This is something we can practice every day. And it truly is a practice. So to be kind to yourself and realistic with yourself, this will not change overnight. Maybe you start off with one meal or one item. Maybe you start off with your morning beverage, that coffee or that tea. You start with that and then you build on that. You really check in with yourself to see, are you physically hungry? Or is there something else that's going on that you're emotionally hungry? Realizing that really no matter how much you eat, you'll still be emotionally hungry. And then look for other ways to help satisfy that besides food. And that's coming up with your own menu of comfort, your own joy list. And like we mentioned earlier in the program, it's not necessarily something that you have to consider to be a large thing. It's not a shoot for the moon right away. Every 
everything starts with certain steps and making and succeeding at certain steps. And I think that's very important, too. You have to feel that you have succeeded at something so that you can continue to do it and want to continue to do it and then build off of that. And then you'll find perhaps you've got a wonderful support system that you've built for yourself that takes food out of the equation because there's so many other options you have. Success breeds success, to your point exactly. So, right, you're successful with this, then it's easier to take that next step. Probably the hardest step to take is that first one. But I encourage you to try it because that's how you've got to start, is trying it somewhere and then taking it from there and enjoying your food. There's all all good things that will happen because of this. Exactly. Treat it like a meditation. I think I'm going to start drinking my tea a little bit slower and enjoying the flavor of it and enjoying the aroma of it and being more conscious about all of the steps that it takes to not only make it, but consume it and to add a little bit more joy to it. And who knows? I'll start from there. Who knows what else I might be able to find some joy in that I haven't before. On the check-in this week, we have been so grateful to have had Pat Salzer back with us. She's a registered dietitian and the well-being engagement consultant for Excellus Blue Cross Blue Shield. We've been talking about mindful eating. You've got some great resources uh, right now that we've given you. We really just scratched the surface, so something you could start to try to do and then build on it from there. Pat, thank you so much for spending time with us this week. We appreciate all of these great tips to help us be more mindful when we eat. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on Community Check-In, a presentation of Excellus Blue Cross Blue Shield and iHeartRadio. Podcasts of Community Check-In are available on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you find your favorite audio content. For more ways to stay safe, healthy, and educated, visit ExcellusBCBS.com and follow on Instagram and Facebook.